Welcome to the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast, where you will learn how to identify, evaluate, negotiate, perform due diligence on, finance, turn around and operate mobile home parks. And now, here is your host, the fifth largest mobile home park owner in the United States, Frank Rolf. It's the obligation of every mobile home park owner to provide utilities to the residents of the mobile home park. But exactly how those utilities are delivered can have a huge impact on whether you want to buy that property or not. This is Frank Rolf, the Mobile Home Park Mastery podcast series. And we're on the second in our three-part installment on the impact of slight changes in deal variables. We've themed this as a Jekyll and Hyde because it's amazing how things can change instantly, whether you want to buy the mobile home park or not. Now, we're going to talk about utilities. Now, what are the utilities a park owner has to provide? And then how can we change those variables even slightly and change the entire outlook on whether you'd want to invest in that property or not? Let's start off with water. There's two kinds of water. There's city water and there's well water. Now, city water, that's always going to be Dr. Jekyll because city water is safe. It's clean. It's pure. It's provided by the city. You don't have anything, any responsibility in it whatsoever. So city water, well, that's just fantastic. But then there's well water. Well water is a little bit more like Mr. Hyde because well water can scare off a lot of buyers, a lot of bankers. So how do you get a handle on well water? Well, the first thing you have to know about well water is well water is the same whether it's drawn out of the ground for your park as if it's drawn out of the ground for a giant city. It's basically water extracted from a deep well. And it's not an issue that it doesn't work. Of course it works. The water is drawn out of the ground. It's chlorinated and put in a storage tank, just like the city does with those big old water towers. But the problem is, unlike city water, you have to worry about it because it's your water. If you poison anyone, if anyone gets sick, it's all your fault. So basically, you have to look at well water much differently than city water. Now, is it Dr. Jekyll or Mr. Hyde? Well, it's always going to have a little bit of Mr. Hyde in it because even though these systems work well and they're based on science, if any part of them breaks, it's possible your water would not be chlorinated. It's possible the water you would be distributing is not suitable for drinking. It's very rare. I cannot even give you an example of a park owner who ever distributed water that was not fully potable, but it's always something you worry about. So there's always a little bit of Mr. Hyde in the water. So if the park is city water, then that's great. But then if the park is well water, not so good. Not necessarily a deal killer, but it certainly changes the complexion of the deal. I'll also add that city water also can sometimes give you a potential NOI boost because you can often submeter city water where mom and pop have been just paying the bill for everyone. You can put in the submeter, which fosters conservation that also gives you that revenue stream back. So city water even has an additional plus in that it can be sub-metered and that fosters conservation and lowers that cost line item to the park. Now, the next is city sewer versus septic packaging plant and lagoon, because all the different ways that sewer is delivered can have a huge impact on whether or not you'd want to buy the mobile home park. City sewer is a lot like city water. You don't know where it goes or and you don't even really care because it's just there for your use. You put your sewer in the main line, it goes to the city and they treat it. So you're totally out of the loop. But sometimes parks don't have access to city sewer. Then they're on what's known as septic. Now, septic is a unique animal. It's a business relationship between the park owner and mother nature. 
And Mother Nature normally makes a really good business partner, but sometimes Mother Nature wants to quit. It wants to go get a different job. Because what you do as the park owner is you take the sewage from the mobile home into a tank, and then you have perforated lines that go out from the tank, and they leach into the ground, and that area is called the leach field. But it really relies on Mother Nature soaking up those liquids. If Mother Nature stops, your septic doesn't work anymore. So clearly, while city sewer, that's definitely a good thing. You get a little more Mr. Hyde when you go to septic. Now, septic is kind of unusual because you can have a septic that's been working for 50 straight years, and there's every reason to believe it will continue on unless the weather pattern is changing. If the area is becoming wetter with more rain, it's possible Mother Nature don't want to soak up all these solids anymore. And what happens is now you've got a real issue going. But typically, septic, it might be a little Mr. Hyde, but you might be okay. Now, the next time you have is the packaging plant. Now, what is a packaging plant? It's just like the city's sewer plant. It's basically a rectangular basin. The sewage comes in one end, and it comes out the other end almost completely pure. However, there's a lot of science that goes with that because, obviously, you don't just drop sewage into your swimming pool and have it come out pure at the other end. So there's a lot of things that go on in the packaging plant. And it's very, very expensive. Packaging plants in America could cost anywhere from $300,000 to a million dollars to replace. So when you're looking at a packaging plant, you would want to know how old is it and what will it cost to replace? They typically have a life of 40 to 50 years, roughly. And again, some cost more than others. But you want to know all that on the front end to know whether or not your deal has just gone from Dr. Jekyll to Mr. Hyde. So you've got to make sure that you understand how long that thing will last, because the last thing you'd want to do is buy a mobile home park and have the packaging plant go out. In some cases, the packaging plant might cost more than the entire park itself. This last one is always Mr. Hyde, and that's the lagoon. Now, what a lagoon is, it's a cesspool. All the sewage goes into the lagoon, and the liquids evaporate. And it's really gross, and the health departments hate them, and some states are trying to eliminate them. And you probably don't want to ever own a park that has one. The only way you can handle one if you have it is if there's a city sewer line nearby that you can ultimately connect to. Because in most states, and the way the world's going with all of our focus now on environmental contamination and health and safety, it's a pretty safe bet that over the next 50 years, lagoons will mostly go away. So that definitely gives your deal an almost instantaneous Mr. Hyde negative appeal. So lagoons, that's, that's pretty much a killer. There's another item in sewage we should talk about, which is the lift station. Now, if you've got a mobile home park and your mobile home park sits lower than the city's main, sewage doesn't flow up. It's not pressurized. It only flows down. So you'll have to build a way to pump it up. And that is called a lift station. That's a rectangular item made of concrete. The sewage goes, not rectangular, sorry, cylindrical. The sewage goes into it and it meets there a pump and the pump blasts the sewage uphill to the city's main. Now, those things can be fairly expensive, figure on fifty dollars to $100,000 for the big ones. And also, there's some issues you have to know on them. One, what is the condition of the lift station? I've seen lift stations myself where the entire upper structure has fallen in through the disuse. That's incredibly dangerous. Lift stations are supposed to have two working electric pumps in them, and they're also supposed to have alarms on the top, both audible and visual, typically a siren or a bell, and a strobe light is quite common, although sometimes it's just a red light that means warning. And what happens is when those go off, if you don't fix whatever's wrong with your lift station, it will overrun with sewage, which is very, very dangerous in every regard, both from contamination to 
basically health violations and then being sued by your neighbor. So you have to make sure that lift station's in good order. So where's Ms. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde come in on that? Well, a lift station, that's a little bit of Dr. Jekyll. It's typically okay, but only if it's a modern lift station that's well-maintained. If it's not well-maintained, if it does not have two pumps but only one pump in it, then it's getting more like Mr. Hyde. In fact, we've seen lift stations that only have the capability of handling four-hour windows if the motors go out. And that would not even cover you if the power went out for a brief period of time. So you have to really look at that lift station, decide if it's more Dr. Jekyll or more Mr. Hyde. Now let's move on to master metered electricity. Now you might say, what the heck does that even mean? Well, in many of your early mobile home parks, particularly back in the 40s through sometimes the 60s, the park owner set it up so that every power meter in the entire property, every connection was hot 24 hours a day. And that way the mobile home could come in and plug in and be ready to go no inspections needed. Now, of course, they built them that way because in the olden days, RVs and mobile homes were same same thing. They would bring in the RV slash mobile home and park it in the lot and plug it in. But of course, today it doesn't work that way. Mobile homes are much larger and they use a much, much more power, typically 100 to 200 amps of power, unlike the old RV days of 50 amps or so. So what happens when you have a master meter electric setup is you are responsible for all the electricity that goes to all of your residents. You can guess where all this is heading because obviously the Dr. Jekyll way to do it is the power company owns all the lines and they bill everyone direct. But the more of the Mr. Hyde is that you own all the power lines and you have to bill it back. Now, can you change Mr. Hyde back to Dr. Jekyll again? Yes, it's possible. If you have an electrician, survey the property and figure out how many amps you pull versus how many amps it's designed to handle. You can pretty rapidly see if there's enough allowance, enough tolerance for you to handle the demands of the property and do it well. Also, look at the way it's built. Are the lines well done? Did mom and pop do a professional job of constructing it? Or, like in some parks I've seen, they actually attached the power lines to trees back in the 50s. Over the subsequent 50 years, have grown to different heights. So the lines, none of them make any sense at all. I even saw one park where the lines were being held up by the roofs of the homes. So make sure that the master metered power system that you're looking at is professionally built has enough tolerance to handle all the required amps. That's how you would convert it back from Mr. Hyde back to Jekyll again. Next, master metered gas. Same thing as the electricity. No different. In a, in a good Dr. Jekyll park, the gas company pays for all the lines. They own everything. They have all their meters. They read the meters and build a customer direct. But in a Dr. I'm sorry, in a Mr. Hyde park, what happens is the park owns all of the gas lines. So therefore, it is responsible for everything. It's responsible for building back. And yes, if there's an explosion or fire, the park owner is the culprit. That's the person who's in charge of the gas system. Now, master meter gas has one additional wrinkle that scares everyone to death, and rightfully so. If, for example, you get a leak down the street and they shut off the gas to the whole street, they will not turn your gas back on typically unless you pressure test your entire system. That's very, very unfair to the park owner. This means now, even though you had no problem with your system, you have to have a plumber put a meter on, jack up your system with air and see if it will hold the pressure. All you would need is the slightest leak in any of those homes or anything on the line and you can't turn your gas back on. And it's just unfair. Never was fair. And a lot of people these days, they won't even deal with it. They don't want to be exposed to the liability and the nuisance of master metered gas. So if the park has gas, yes, it could be Dr. Jekyll. Hopefully it's nice municipal gas coming from a gas company, but then it becomes more Mr. Hyde when it turns out that the park itself is responsible for the gas. 
So what does it all mean when you put it all together? Well, it means that all parks have to have utilities. So there's no reason that you can't buy a park because it delivers water, sewer, electricity, and gas, because typically you have to do these things. But the key is the deal variable on all of these is who is responsible for it. And then additionally, if the park is responsible, what is the age and what is the potential cost of doing it? We've had many a deal under contract that we thought was looking really good. The market was fine. Everything was looking exactly in line with what we would want to buy. And then suddenly out of come nowhere comes the Mr. Hyde moment when it turns out that mom and pop didn't bother to tell us that the thing is master metered power. They didn't bother to tell us that it is being served by a packaging plant hidden over in the weeds. And I've known many a park owner to call me and say, hey, I have this park and it's not working out good. And I'll say, well, tell me about it. I know of one where the guy bought a mobile home park. He did not even know that he was not on city sewer. It later turned out he had a packaging plant hidden in the weeds. He didn't ever see it. He did not know it was there. And he had no idea it would cost half a million dollars to replace it. Now, the good news is he was able to find a developer that wanted that land. And so he was able to get them to take over his burden. But the bottom line is these are all variables that can make any deal go from Dr. Jekyll to Mr. Hyde. And again, Dr. Jekyll, nice guy, pleasant to be around. Mr. Hyde, an absolute monster. And unfortunately, in many mobile home park transactions, the slightest change in the variables can trigger those reactions. What's important is you need to know. And hopefully you'll remember these, that in the world of utilities, you're looking at Mr. Hyde if it's got well water, unless you understand how the well works, septic, packaging plant or lagoon on the sewer side, lift stations, master metered power, and master metered gas. All of those could be Mr. Hyde moments. Not necessarily, but you have to do extra good due diligence to make sure you're buying what you thought you were buying. Hope you enjoyed the second of our three-part installment on Jekyll and Hyde impact of slight changes in deal variables. Be back next week with one more, and that's going to be how the economics of the deal itself can so greatly impact whether you want to go forward and buy the park or not. This is Frank Croft, the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast Series, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Mobile Home Park Mastery Podcast. Be sure to visit us at mhpmastery.com to subscribe to the show, read our show transcriptions, and access all of our great information on mobile home park investing.